Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome to The Edge. Today, we're talking about five elevator answers you need while fundraising. Elevator answers are quick, to-the-point answers to specific questions that you're likely going to be asked from investors when you're fundraising. We talk about building your elevator pitch, which is the entire pitch of your company, in 15 to 45 seconds. If you haven't done that or you're interested in doing that, we've covered it in several episodes on this podcast. You can go back to episode number 11, where we talk about how to build an elevator pitch. Episode 12, where we talk about three mistakes to avoid. Both of those episodes, episode 11 and 12, are in How to Build a Business Plan in 13 Slides series. And then we cover how to build an elevator pitch again in episode 108. Don't worry, we will put links to each of these episodes in the show notes so that you can click and get to them. And today, we are going to cover five elevator answers that you need while fundraising. You're going to need to answer these, and we're going to help you do that. Here we go. Welcome to the Edge Podcast, your weekly playbook about the inner game of building a successful business, making you a happier, healthier, and richer business owner. And here's your host, Brandon White. Five elevator questions you are going to need answers to when you raise money. Number one, how much is your company worth? You're going to need to have an idea how much you believe your company is worth, what the valuation is. If you are pre-revenue, there's some standards that happen depending on where you are in the country. On the West Coast, they may be a little bit more generous. On the East Coast, they may be a little bit more stingy. At the end of the day, when you start thinking about valuation, a lot of founders will continually negotiate this down to the $10,000 range. At the end of the day, you're trying to build a company that's worth 50, 100, several hundred million dollars. Is that going to matter? Well, the conversion rate, it'll matter. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because the exponential growth that you expect to have is so large that it's just not going to have a meaningful effect. So don't over-negotiate things. You can get ideas from reading articles in places like TechCrunch. There's Crunchbase has a lot of great information on rounds and how much they were valued at. And you can get an idea about revenue. A lot of companies will say we're pre-revenue. If they're early stage, they'll say, oh, I have X amount of revenue. So you can find this sort of information. Let me give you a very basic idea of the type of answer that you're going to need. If you're asking for $1 million for 20% equity, you're valuing your business at $5 million pre-valuation, $6 million post. This would be an example of something that you're putting forth when someone asks that question. If you're not in the tech industry and you're in another industry, there's still industry reports and standards and things that you can find around M&A, mergers and acquisitions, comps that will help you figure out how much your company is worth. Also, you can go to the public markets. A lot of the times when I've built pitch decks and the follow-up information, I've gone to the public markets, looked at their market caps, got their valuations, and then used that as a standard or a benchmark to defend the valuation that we were asking for. 
So you can do that relatively easily. I use Yahoo Finance. You go to finance.yahoo.com. You bring up a company that is similar to your industry. And here's the cool thing. When you bring that up, it's going to bring up similar companies on the right-hand side of that page. And now you can just start doing the research. And most of it is right there. If you want in-depth information, you can go to Free Edgar, the Securities Exchange Commission website, and they will have all of the information that companies have filed if they are public and their S1. Their S1 is the first document when they are going to go public. And in that, what you'll see is all the rounds if they've raised money and how much they were valued at. So now you can use that as a comp. So make sure you have an idea around this. And we could do a whole podcast episode on just valuation, which we'll probably do at some point. But with that in mind, have an idea what you're valued at and don't negotiate down to the dollar if you are in a company or have a company that is growing exponentially because maybe that investor offers other things. There's a ton of things that goes into raising money from investors. Valuation is one, but you are going to have to have an idea of this. You don't want to be in an investor meeting and they're like, I love your idea. How much can I invest in? What's the valuation? And you don't know. It makes you look unprepared. They'll lose confidence in you and you might leave money on the table. So make sure that you have an answer to that. Usually also, I will leave you with on this question and answer, your lawyer should be able to help you with this, especially you want a lawyer who is experienced in business raising money and can pull from all that experience to give you some ideas. Number two, what are you going to do with the money in the pitch deck, how to build a pitch deck in 13 slides or the how to build a business plan in 13 slides series? We talk about your fundraising slide and where you're asking for money. And we talk about exactly how you're going to use the money. You need to know how you're going to use that money. It needs to come right off your tongue really quickly. That gives confidence. And more importantly, you have a plan what you are going to do with the money. Sometimes we say, oh, well, I want to raise $5 million. And I'll ask the person who said that and say, well, what are you going to use the money for? Well, I think we need it. Well, we're going to use it for this, that. No, be more specific. Understand, you might be asking for more money than you even need. You need to run your financials, which is going to help you understand this. You certainly might want to have a buffer, and economic circumstances at the time can also play a role, meaning if you think the market's going to go down in a few years because of what is happening in the public markets or something, you may raise a little bit of extra money, which is fine, but understand how you are going to use the money and be able to answer that really quick. Number three. You'll hear investors sometimes ask, can you make this work with less? And what they're really trying to get down to is, do you really need as much money as you are asking for? And as importantly, maybe you don't need as much money. There's examples out there where companies, and even I've done this and said, oh, I want to raise $3 million. And someone said, well, how about I give you two hundred fifty or 500000 and you prove the concept and then we can go from there. That might not be in your plan. It might not be what you want. You might be trying to raise money so that you have cash flow for money to cover your burn rate, not necessarily cash flow, but you have the cash for two years and it might not fit your plan, but you might be able to do it with less. So at least have an answer. And if your answer is no, have the facts to be able to back up why you can't do it with less. Number four, what does it cost you to acquire a customer? You really need to know your customer acquisition costs. And if you are early stage and you don't know that yet, then have some predictions and some comps to help you. There's a company that I invested in called FileFinder, and that company didn't necessarily know 
how much the customer acquisition cost was, but we went to the public markets. We looked at Box, we looked at Dropbox, which is similar, not exact. And then we started to understand that from free to paid was 7% conversion on average. And we learned that from their S1 filing and all their subsequent filings in their annual reports. And you can get the same exact sort of information for your company. If you're a clothing company, go to the public clothing companies and they will have in there somewhere in their marketing section in their annual report how much it generally costs them to acquire a customer, or they'll have all the data that you can back into it. So if you don't have that number yet, then find out some comps and be able to talk about that. If you do have the number or you are a company that's doing one, five, 10, 20, $50 million, then you should know what your customer acquisition costs are and be able to predict that. So be able to pop that answer out really quickly. It'll show a lot of confidence. If I ask somebody and say, hey, what's your customer acquisition cost? They say $3.76. I'm like, oh, wow, you knew that right off. And it makes you feel confident that someone has a grip on their business. It's one of the most important metrics that you want, whether you're a service company, a product company, whatever you are, you need to know how much it costs to acquire a customer. Number five, what will this investment cost me? Now, here's the thing. This is a question for you that you need to answer for yourself because you need to understand how much equity you're going to give up. And cost isn't just money. Are investors going to require two board seats, three board seats? Are they going to require that you get authorized to spend more than $10,000 or $20,000 or $50,000? And are they going to be able to block an acquisition? So you need to understand what that investment will cost you. And what I'm really saying is when you raise money, what are the terms? And understand those terms, understand what you'll be willing willing to give up and what you are not willing to give up. Sometimes I meet fellow business owners who are have a company and they've got, I know one person had, I think uh, 3.7 million or thereabouts in revenue, wanted to grow their company, wanted growth capital, and thought that they're just going to go out and raise money. And we sat down and we talked about what terms they will generally find from investors based on their growth rate and everything, which was pretty strong but would still be an equal conversation with an investor. And at the end, they said, I don't want to raise money. I don't want to give up two board seats. And I don't want them to be able to block an acquisition or have to okay an acquisition. I'm just going to go borrow the money. So really do your research on what it means to raise money from angel investors, venture capitalists, private equity firms, anyone, anyone, truly, friends and family who will give you money. And there you have it. Five questions you need to answer with the answers so that you are set. Good luck in your fundraising process, and I'm rooting for your success. Thanks for being generous with your time and joining us for this episode of The Edge. Before you go, a quick question. Are you the type of person who wants to get 100% out of your time, talent, and ideas? If so, you'll love our monthly Edge newsletter. It's a monthly playbook about the inner game of building a successful business. Recent issues have shown how we get an additional 11% open rate with our email campaigns by doing this one simple thing. How to avoid losing money on Facebook, Instagram, and Google paid ads with this data-backed strategy. How we designed our ad campaign to get a 76.1% conversion rate on our product page. How to put the money you make from your business to work by investing in the stock market, crypto, and other investments that has led our retirement portfolio to average a 20% return over the last 10 years. And tons of other actionable information that will leave you a happier, healthier, and richer business owner. As a fellow entrepreneur who's aiming for nothing short of success, you owe it to yourself to subscribe. 
check out the special offer with bonuses for you as a listener at edgenewsletter.com. Again, that's E-D-G-E newsletter.com.